This is Global News. I'm Catherine Garrett. Ottawa will match donations individuals make to the Canadian Red Cross for humanitarian relief to Ukraine. This comes as invading Russian forces close in on the country's capital. The campaign will be in place until March 18th. The federal government saying it will match donations by Canadians dollar for dollar to a maximum of 10 million. Russian forces are advancing on Kyiv after invading Ukraine in a three-pronged attack that includes ground forces, aerial bombardment and a maritime assault. The European Union is striking back at Russia's leaders for the invasion of Ukraine. The UN, the EU announcing it is moving to sanction Russian President Putin and Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. The move is largely symbolic and it's still unclear what the real financial impact will be for either individual. The sanctions do not include a travel ban. Meantime, BC Premier John Horgan is weighing in on the Russian invasion. My, my compassion and my support uh, to those who are concerned about loved ones, uh, family members and friends who are fleeing from violence. The uncertainty uh, of uh, just the magnitude of the crisis, that will be emerging uh, by the minute, by the hour. Horgan adding. I, I have to say that uh, all British Columbians are, are thinking of Ukraine and Ukrainian citizens here in Canada and abroad uh, during this very dark time. And outside Milan's luxury runway shows on Friday, two Ukrainian students held aloft signs reading no World War III and no Putin to draw attention to the war in their homeland and to urge the West to take harsher measures. They say their goal was to get into photos of influencers and VIPs to remind the world of the horrors going on in Ukraine. From the Global News Desk, I'm Catherine Garrett. That was someone in the northern, northeastern city of Sumy, Ukraine, last night playing the Ukrainian anthem on the trumpet as the neighborhood listened on a show of defiance. There have been many in the last 48 hours in Ukraine. It is 6 o'clock, 6 a.m. in Kiev on Saturday morning. The sun is rising after another intense night of fighting, especially around the capital. One resident on social media saying, gunfights in my street in central Kiev following a night of intense bombings, but shows of defiance again across the country. Now, Canada has announced a third round of sanctions against Russia. They did so today, this time targeting Russian President Vladimir Putin himself, along with his chief of staff and Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov. Here is the Prime Minister. President Putin has opened the darkest chapter yet in his assault on the Ukrainian people. But he has made a grave miscalculation. People around the world, including in the streets of Moscow and St. Petersburg, are standing against his brutal and unnecessary war. The Prime Minister has certainly been talking tough, so of his cabinet, but do the actions really match the words? Will these sanctions have an effect? Joining me now is Michael Chong. He's the Conservative MP for Wellington Halton Hills and the Shadow Minister for Foreign Affairs. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. 
it's been a very, I think anybody who is in, you know, who's responsible for foreign affairs in any sense is, is it's been a very bewildering uh, past few days. Uh, what have you made of, of what's been unfolding in Ukraine? Well, it's very concerning. It's arguably the most uh, serious violation of uh, international law and the Charter of the United Nations since uh, 1945, since the end of the Second World War, the attack by the unprovoked attack by one country on another uh, in Europe is very, very concerning. Uh, and we call on President Putin to immediately cease the attack and withdraw all military forces from Ukraine. Is the response you're seeing from Canada enough? Well, we believe that the government should do more to ensure that uh, this threat is contained and countered. Uh, the government, it's early days yet, and the government, uh, we don't have all the details yet of the government's uh, announced actions. They've announced uh, two sets of sanctions, one on February 22nd, the other on February 24th, um, that have imposed restrictions on members of the Russian state Duma, uh, imposed a dealings ban on uh, Canadians dealing with the uh, so-called breakaway republics uh, and uh, put a prohibition on uh, any direct or indirect dealings with Russian government debt, um, as well as sanctions on a number of uh, Russians associated with President Putin. Uh, that said, we think that more needs to be done uh, in order to counter that, uh, you know, that gross violation of international law in order to counter the fact that President Putin attacked a sovereign country, Ukraine. Uh, and so in the coming days ahead, we will be looking into the details of what the government has proposed and making sure that they're doing everything they can to counter this, this, this egregious attack on another country. From where you sit, do you think we've Overall, I mean, and this goes back, I mean, the, the first time when, when Russia took Crimea, obviously a conservative government was in power. Now we have a liberal government in power. Have we not sent the right message to Vladimir Putin for too long that that's led to this day? I think the Canadian government's response, the Trudeau government's response to the Russian threat to Ukraine has been inconsistent and incoherent. Um, I think the government could done uh, could have done a better job in countering the threats to Ukraine from Russia um, in the events in the years leading up to this unprecedented, unprovoked attack. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. Um, it's clear that President Putin has been planning this attack for some time, uh, for years. Uh, but when we look at the Trudeau government's response to uh, Russia over the last several years, it's clear that they've not been serious about countering the threats. Um, till February 14th of this year, despite the pleas from the government of Ukraine for lethal weapons, to defend itself from what was clearly an upcoming attack, the Trudeau government refused to provide those weapons. And then suddenly on uh, February 14th, on the very same day, the government declared an emergency. The Trudeau government reversed course and said that it was providing uh, lethal weapons to Ukraine. However, it was a paltry $7.8 million worth of weaponry, uh, a completely insignificant amount in the face of overwhelming Russian military force. Uh, up till recently, the government said that the solution to the crisis was not military, but diplomatic. 
uh, clearly that's not the case. Clearly, um, diplomacy was not the solution. Clearly, uh, the solution is a military one. And so, you know, those are just some examples of the inconsistency that the government had leading up to the events of the attack, the unprovoked attack on Ukraine, and why, you know, I don't think it did as good a job as it could have in defending Ukraine and, frankly, Canada's security. I guess one of the questions that comes up, too, is is we haven't been able to repair, at least I don't know whether there is a diplomatic solution uh, or there is any speaking to, to Vladimir Putin, but clearly under Prime Minister Harper, there was a very tough line with the Kremlin, at least a very tough talk to the Kremlin. Um, and it feels like, I guess, Canada has no longer been been at the table when it comes to even being able to speak to Russia anymore, to be able to negotiate. Is that something that could be remedied, do you think? In the short term, no. I think clearly diplomacy is not the route to resolve this crisis. Um, clearly, uh, President Putin lied. Uh, the Russian ambassador to Canada lied about uh, what was going on. Um, the Russian ambassador to Canada was asked as recently as about a week ago uh, whether or not Russia was going to invade Ukraine. And he stated in no uncertain terms that that was not going to happen. Clearly, uh, he's either not been, he's not in the loop or he was deliberately misleading um, the Canadian public. And so uh, diplomacy is clearly not what is needed right now. What is needed is for lethal military equipment to be provided to Ukraine for its defense. And look, we as Western democracies have been in this place before, and we should learn the lessons of the past. When the Spanish Civil War was going on between um, the fascists, represented by the nationalists, uh, and the Republicans, which were a duly elected government of Spain in the 1930s, before the beginning of the Second World War, uh, fascist powers like Germany and Italy provided plenty of equipment and personnel to assist the fascist nationalists. Uh, the Republicans pleaded for democracies to come to their aid, and they pleaded to no avail. Uh, Western democracies provided little, if no aid at all. And as a result, uh, the nationalists ultimately triumphed. And that led uh, to arguably the confidence of the fascist powers to begin attacking other democracies in Europe, leading to the events of the Second World War. So we should learn from the mistakes of the past and understand that when a democracy in Europe pleads for assistance, military weaponry to ensure that it can defend itself against an unprovoked attack from another country, uh, Western democracies should respond to that call for help. Michael Chong, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.